0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, September 27th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, driver injured in accident on Black Bear Pass. Pinternships highlight the best of STEM. Center for Mental Health prepares for merger and a mountain weather forecast. A 23-year-old woman is lucky to be alive after rolling a car on Black Bear Pass over the weekend. That's according to San Miguel County Sheriff Public Information Officer Susan Lilly. They decided to take a drive up Bridal Veil from the Telluride side, missed
1: the sign that says one way where Black Bear Pass starts in the opposite direction, went up a couple of switchbacks and said, This isn't going so well. We should turn
0: around. The woman was driving a 2021 Ford Bronco with a friend on a cross-country road trip, passing through the area. Lily says once the woman decided to turn around, the passenger got out to help the driver navigate. They
1: high-sided a side of the car onto the embankment, and it started to roll and uh, went off the cliff. Rolled about 400 feet before coming to a stop.
0: Through the roll, the driver, dog, and engine of the car were all ejected. According to Lily, preliminary investigations indicate it is unlikely the driver was wearing a seatbelt. However, she adds in the case of Steep Mountain Passes, law enforcement actually discouraged drivers from wearing a belt. You give yourself a better chance
1: of surviving if you're ejected than trapped in a vehicle that drops even more, say a 1,000 feet, um, you're probably not going to survive that.
0: San Miguel County Sheriff Deputies, Telluride Fire Protection District personnel, the Telluride Marshals Department, and Colorado State Patrol responded to the incident. Bridal Road was closed for roughly two hours, while emergency personnel responded to the incident and the car was removed from the scene. Lily says the sheriff's office understands why visitors and residents want to travel into the mountains, but she adds it's an important reminder about what it actually takes to travel the pass by vehicle. It's a beautiful, attractive area,
1: and we understand why people go to it, but we'd rather them hike than drive. Uh, You need to be an experienced off-road driver to handle a pass like this. It's a very dangerous pass. This is not just a, a, a recreational drive.
0: At all. The driver of the vehicle was taken to the Telluride Regional Medical Center and later transferred to a different medical facility with serious injuries. The passenger had no physical injuries. The dog was treated by a local vet with minor injuries. No other hikers or drivers were injured from the rolling car or debris. For some, summer vacation means going to the beach or hiking in the mountains. For Lulu Pamiali, it meant going to San Diego to study anthropogenic pollutants. I worked at a lab called
2: CMAIL, that stands for Coastal and Marine Institute Laboratory, and I studied seaweed, a specific seaweed called Ulva lactuca, which is sea lettuce, and how it can like remove anthropogenic pollutions from the water and basically clear the water and create a habitat for um, microorganisms, as well as just have like as a good source for food for both animals and humans.
0: It was the summer between Pamiali's junior and senior year, and she was participating in a PINternship. That's an internship with the Pinhead Institute. The intern program is where we take high schoolers between their junior and senior year of high school and send them off for about six weeks in the summer in an area of STEM of their choosing, science, technology, engineering, and math. Sarah Holbrook, the executive director for Pinhead. This year, students studied almost everything under the sun. Aerospace engineering, we did computational biology, we did quantum physics, we did virology, we did uh, chemistry, we did neuroscience, we did marine biology. Uh, So we, we find willing mentors and then we arrange host housing for the kids and then we send them off. And it's a program that comes at no cost to the kid. Holbrook notes some students are open, willing to study anything in the STEM field. Others have more of an idea for their project. Pamiali was one of those students. I decided I wanted to work on marine biology, and I looked up
2: different places around the whole country, and I found this lab, and they said that they had different professors that you could work with during the summer. Through the internship, she set up an entire experiment. With, like, 86 tanks in the lab, and I, like, measured different biomasses and added fertilizer to it to, like, mimic the, like, pollution in the water that could be
0: caused because of runoff. With the internship complete... Pamiali is back for her final year of school, but there's one more task to complete as a pintern. The Pintern presentations, one of my favorite times of the year could I mean, aside from Christmas and maybe specific family highlights, I think it could be my favorite time of the year on one night. all the pinterns stand in front of the community to share the work they've done. It's almost full circle for Pamiali. She first learned about pinternships by attending the presentation her freshman year of high school. My
2: freshman year was my first year in the United States, and I went to the Pinhead pre- presentations to get extra credit in biology. And um, I loved it. It was so cool. I saw that people could travel and like get money for traveling, and I was like, whoa, Like I want to do that. I want to study science. So I went to every single one of the pinher- Pinhead internship presentations over the years and was like, okay, this is what I got to do.
0: Through her own pinternship, Pamiali got to experience the ins and outs of working in a lab, but it also helped to further shape her view of science in general. I learned that honestly science, that small
2: scale of science can honestly have a big impact in the whole world. Like the seaweed that I studied can be grown so many places from like West Coast to East Coast and like different countries. So this can honestly help so much. And I was just like, felt so fortunate that I could study something that could really have a big impact on how we live and like how we can like help the world,
0: you know. Pamiali will be joining her fellow pinterns this Wednesday, September 29th to share her experience with the community. The event will take place from 3:30 to 8:30 p.m. at the Sheridan Opera House. Students interested in participating in a pinternship in the future are required to attend. The event is free and open to the public. There will also be a live stream for those unable or uncomfortable to attend in person. The live stream will be available on the Pinhead Facebook page. When it comes to leading a healthy life, mental health can be just as important as physical health. Change is on the horizon for one of the major mental health providers in southwest Colorado. The Center for Mental Health provides community mental health services in Delta, Gunnison, Montrose, San Miguel, Ure, and Hinsdale counties. The center recently announced plans over the coming months to merge with AXIS Health System— another regional provider that offers medical, dental, and behavioral health care. Shelley Spaulding is the CEO of the Center for Mental Health and will serve as president for the newly merged organization, which will retain the name Access Health System. KOTO's Matt Hoysh spoke with Spaulding about the changes and what they mean for patients.
3: Briefly, Shelley, can you just describe the services the Center for Mental Health offers?
4: Sure, the Center for Mental Health is a a comprehensive community mental health center and we provide behavioral health services which includes mental health and substance use services for all ages from traditional outpatient therapy through the continuum to acute crisis intervention services.
3: And recently you announced this merger with Access Health System to form a larger organization why did you decide to make that move and merge in the first place?
4: Healthcare uh, across the U.S. is uh, changing very rapidly. And with lots of demand and needed services, the center started looking for potential partners. And historically, uh, we have partnered with Access Health System for years. They are also a community mental health center but then also serve as the community health center in the five counties in southwest Colorado. So this is an opportunity for us to bring like services together and to better use our resources across southwest Colorado to hopefully enhance and grow our services and get some economies of scale. Well,
3: what are some of the benefits that will come from this merger?
4: Probably the biggest benefit will be the ability to have multiple folks that do similar services. Right now, our staffing is slim, so we're going to be able to bring together our two workforces to create a, I guess, a deeper bench, for lack of a better way to say it, but I think so so we'll have more access to services and having, having hopefully more folks to provide those services across the region.
3: Well, and how is the experience of patients using your healthcare services going to change as a result of this merger?
4: I don't actually think people will see a huge change from what they're used to. Um, most of these changes will be on the back side of things, so people will, can still walk into any of our locations and receive the services that they're used to seeing, and hopefully what they will experience is uh, a few more services to choose from. Hmm. Well,
3: stepping away a bit from the merger news specifically, mental health is, of course, a large issue in our rural region, and the pandemic has only exacerbated that over the last few years. Can you share with our listeners some of the big picture plans you all have over the next several years to ensure that our region continues to have adequate and sufficient mental health services?
4: Yeah, absolutely, Matt. I would say our biggest thing is... um, We have plans to expand our staff and to to grow our staff of um, behavioral health providers. In addition, um, one of the things that COVID brought us, like many other industries, is the world of telehealth. And so allowing folks that might live in some of our smaller communities or where transportation might be a challenge, offering those services through telehealth so they can actually receive services uh, in their home when when they would prefer to do that.
3: Shelly Spaulding is the CEO of the Center for Mental Health and soon to be the president of the newly formed Access Health System. Shelly, thank you so much for taking some time and chatting with us.
4: Thank you, Matt. It's been a pleasure.
0: Drivers heading down the spur and through Telluride may experience some traffic congestion over the next few weeks. According to Rich Estes, Streets and Utilities Superintendent for the Town of Telluride, two water projects are backing up traffic. One is a private construction project, part of a remodel on a home on West Colorado Avenue. Estes says the construction project is adding a new water line to a renovation. The other project is from the town of Telluride itself. Estes says the town is undertaking routine upkeep on the 10-inch water main to Telluride. The construction on Main Street will likely go through the week. Estes says the construction on the spur could last up to about four weeks. Visayo Alajade will be representing Mountain Film as its 2022 emerging filmmaker. The film festival made the announcement last week. Elijah Day is a Brooklyn-based, UK-raised filmmaker informed by her love of still photography. Her most recent film is called The Underground Railroad Ride and tells the story of five Black and Latinx cyclists who embark on a bike tour inspired by the Underground Railroad. According to Mountain Film, the purpose of the Emerging Filmmaker Fellowship is to give rising filmmakers a boost early in their career. As the fellowship recipient, Elijah Day will receive a year-long mentorship, networking, and development assistance for her film. In a news release, Mountain Film notes Elijah Day hopes to have the Underground Railroad ride completed to show at the 44th annual Mountain Film Festival next year. A lawsuit filed last week aims to remove a statewide ballot question from the upcoming November election. Conservatives are pushing Amendment 78 to give state lawmakers more control over how the governor spends emergency funds. But Scott Wasserman says it shouldn't have qualified for the ballot because odd-year elections are only supposed to deal with issues related to the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, or TABOR. Wasserman leads a liberal-leaning research group in Denver.
3: When we're talking about emergency federal dollars, when we're talking about research grants... You do not want these funds tied up in partisan bickering at the state legislature.
0: Supporters say there should be more accountability for how the executive branch spends tens of millions of dollars. Amendment 78 would also stop the attorney general from spending lawsuit settlements without legislative approval. Hundreds of people marched in Denver Saturday, including members of the Telluride community, in an action organized by the Colorado Immigrants' Rights Coalition. Demonstrators demanded that Democrats overrule the Senate parliamentarian and include a pathway to citizenship in the upcoming budget reconciliation bill. KGNU's Jonathan Flowers reports from Denver.
5: Hundreds of people gathered in Viking Park Sunday to demand a pathway to citizenship and increase protections for the country's 11 million undocumented immigrants. Just last week, the parliamentarian told us that citizenship for our community should not be included in the upcoming budget reconciliation bill.
4: We know that she got it wrong.
5: We will not take no for an answer. This is why we are out here today to fight for citizenship for all for 11 million folks who have been left out. The rally was styled after the Day Without Immigrants campaign that brought tens of thousands of Coloradans into the streets on May 1st, 2006. We were asking for the same thing we are asking for today, 15 years later. We have been fighting for a pathway to citizenship longer than 15 years. It's time for we, the people, to include all of us. I spoke with Eric Garcia with the Colorado Immigrants Rights Coalition, which organized the event.
6: More than anything, we're here to demand uh, for immigration be included in the reconciliation process. What we're seeing is that we're in a time where Democrats control the House, they control the Senate, and they control the White House, and still they're struggling to hold the line and make anything happen for us and deliver on the promises. And so today we're here to say the time is now. In a time now where you control everything, you have every tool at your disposal, we don't take no for an answer. We know the United States has a long, long history of intervention in these countries. We know they've supported coups in this country. In fact, we have a member um, uh, Lucha para Honduras Libres, who's a member of CERC, who directly cites uh, the, the 2010 coup, US-backed coup as a reason for their forced migration. We're just, we no longer are ignoring that, that the US is ingra- deeply ingrained in root causes of migration. And when folks get to the border, the, the rhetoric and the policies Go to attack the symptoms as opposed to the reason, like, get out of those countries, stop destabilizing them, right? Like, it's that simple. I think I just want to emphasize the point that says we got a parliamentarian decision, and it's just, and it's a recommendation, and we are, we're asking Democrats to take it as just that. We're asking Democrats in a time where you control every tool to overrule. We're asking Democrats to overrule the parliamentarian and give us a pathway to citizenship in this reconciliation process.
5: After several speeches at Viking Park, demonstrators marched down Spear Boulevard. Um,
0: right now, we are on the road, um, and there's a lot of people here for the same vision and purpose of making sure that everyone has human rights
5: in this country. I'm a DACA recipient. Uh, My parents came here to the U.S. 20 years ago. We've been waiting for a path to citizenship ever since. Uh, my parents had worked through the pandemic the whole time. They're essential workers,
0: and they should be protected.
5: The marchers finally reached their destination at Tivoli Quad on the Auraria campus. There, a large stage was set up, backed by a banner emblazoned with the words, Citizenship Now. The rest of the afternoons program included music, dance, and spoken word. The Colorado Immigrant Rights Coalition said that they were glad to be able to bring local attention to a federal issue and that the time for action is now. They say that they'll continue to organize efforts until a pathway to citizenship is available for everyone. For KGNU, this is Jonathan Flowers.
0: The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight with mostly cloudy skies and a low around 40 degrees. Tuesday, expect showers and thunderstorms with a high in the mid-50s during the day and a low around 40 at night. Wednesday, there's a 70% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a high around 55 degrees. Wednesday night calls for a chance of showers and thunderstorms with a low in the mid-30s. This has been the news for Monday, September 27th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206.